I love you, man. I love you too, bud. I love you, dude. I love you, bro, Montana. I love you, Holmes. I love you, Broseph Quiggles. I love you, Machacha. I love you, Tico Brohe. Welcome back, guys, to another edition of I Love You, Man. Appreciate you listening. Across from me is Preston. What's up, everyone? And to my right, we have Mr. Jimmy Pardini. Hi, everyone. I'm going to be honest. I almost said Prandini. (laughs) There is a Prandini. There is, yeah. And so that almost slipped out, and that would have been a horrible start. So I just had to confess that. Okay. (laughs) Um, Before (laughs) we get into who he is, what he does, and the role he plays in our town, um, obviously, quesadilla gorilla question of the episode. Make sure when you stop by to mention us, 10% off the order, whether you're in Visalia or you're in Fresno. Always making those fire dillas, man. That's a real term. Anyway, <laughs> I think this is a heavy part of all our lives. I mean, I have one right in front of me. Preston has one in front of him, and Jimmy had one before he got here. Coffee. Oh, okay. There's Starbucks everywhere on every corner. When you're on your way to work, you didn't have time to make coffee at home, so you, got, you have to go through Starbucks. It's not the first choice every time, but you find yourself there. What are you getting? Mm. What's your go-to Starbucks drink? You go first, Jimmy. Guess. Yeah, I. Uh, if it's Starbucks. Black coffee. Don't worry, I'm not yeah, gonna be offended. Because Starbucks are more of a black coffee. Okay. Usually, I make my own. Do you okay. do the the bold, the blonde? I usually go bold. Okay. Yeah. If I get, I usually just go Pike Place, okay. the tradition. Okay. Um, if I get black coffee, but my normal drink is always grande. Iced coffee with classic syrup okay. and cream. You started, and I thought it was going to be one of those epic ones where it's like two pounds of vanilla, soy no. milk, uh, ristretto shots. I also used to work at Starbucks, so anyone that works there knows how much you hate those people. Yeah, <laughs> you actually work your way to the black coffee every time because you made all the complicated drinks. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm going to treat myself, I'm going to get a short latte with toffee nut and blonde espresso if I'm trying to be that complicated person. Okay. But every other time, it's going to be a blonde uh Black coffee. Did you ever get any of those crazy frappuccinos, like no. the Captain Mm-mm. Crunch? Mm-mm. All right. I think I don't know if you feel this way, but if you have enough dairy over your lifetime, you eventually have a oh, strong yeah, intolerance for it. Yeah. And so, because of working in coffee, you have enough dairy. It's just like, no, keep that away from me. Mm-hmm. The only room I have for dairy is ice cream. Okay. I'm around a lot of dairy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we can dive into that too. I, yeah. So for people that are listening. Jimmy plays a part in a local company that you've probably heard multiple times but didn't realize the hand that they play in, honestly, your stomachs and your food consumption (laughs) in multiple different ways. So I'll go ahead and let Jimmy take it away and kind of just give us a brief description of the company, and then we can dive into the more specific thing we wanted to talk about here. So the company is Pardini's, um, and then uh, it's it's, there's sort of three main facets there's pardini's concessions there's pardini's catering and there is the annex kitchen so the company's been around for a long time um and my dad started it his dad was in restaurants as well um but uh so he started catering in 1981 um and then we uh you know he's done a lot in his career i joined up around uh 2011 or so um, and then just, uh, about three and a half years ago, I opened, uh, the annex kitchen. So that's my primary role in the company. Did you always, uh, like have a role? So before you opened the annex, did you want to be like open your own restaurant? Did you go to school, culinary school or anything like that? Um, I did not go to culinary school. Okay. Um, I just went to a typical four year 
university. Gotcha. And then uh, when I graduated, uh, I kind of didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Same. And, like most who <laughs> graduate. And then, uh, then I decided to start cooking uh, because that was the only thing that I really wanted to do. Gotcha. Um, and I just knew that I wanted to learn how to cook, uh, specifically Italian food. So I kind of just went down that rabbit hole, and I'm still in it. Yeah, pretty deep. So, so your dad he started the catering business. Was it ever like a restaurant before that, or just strictly catering? Um, well, he worked with my grandfather in his restaurants in the '60s and the '70s. Gotcha. And then my grandfather they sold their business, their entire business, and around like '79. Okay. So my dad was primarily in restaurants up until then, and then he started his own business in '81. It was catering out of just off-premise catering out of a commissary kitchen. Gotcha. And then um, eventually uh, he did go into restaurants a little bit as well. He owned uh, the Tony Roma's franchise in Fresno and a few other cities. Um, He started the Rubio's here in Fresno. um, Then he ended up selling that. So he's kind of simplified his life back down to, you know, catering banquets, you know, Um, until my brother and I came along and then started growing the business again because we, that's what. Yeah, young people do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah, he was in restaurants, but his bread and butter has been uh, catering. Did you guys go away for school, or did you guys stay here? Uh, we went away. Okay, yeah. where'd you go? We went to I, actually. My brother and I both went to Loyola Marymount University in okay. Los Angeles. Cool. What'd you yeah. get your degree in? I I had I studied business and Italian. So okay, so yeah, so you the thought, Ita- well, I can learn to cook. For free. So <laughs> that's kind of how, well, I, I was at the point where I graduated and I was like, man, this, I'm not going to culinary school after just, you know, paying yeah. for all that college. I mean, my parents, you know, um, funded my college gotcha. experience, luckily for me, but I couldn't justify going to culinary school after that. So I was yeah. like, I'm just going to go in and learn how to cook, go into a restaurant and learn how to cook. So that's what I did. Okay. Growing up in yeah. that, that household where, you know, that's the fan, that is the family business. And I mean, there's the age old joke or question or comment of like, hey, you're going to go into the family business. Obviously, growing up, if it's all you've been grown around and you're surrounded by, you want to get away from it more than anything. Cause I feel like you're like, oh, I want to, you know, do something else. But do you, did you ever feel that way? Or did you know all along that maybe you were going to get into that? Or was there a pivotal point where you're like, okay, you know what? Here I am. I knew I was going to come back. It's time. Um, I think that, you know, I never, uh, had a distaste for it. Like a lot of people growing up in that particular business, uh, do, uh, I've always, you know, my family, you know, always love to cook, always love to go out, always love to talk, you know, critique our dining experience. And that's just something we've always really enjoyed. And, you know, I worked front of the house in my dad's restaurants, uh, you know, serving, busing, hosting, and when I was in high school and, uh, and you know, it was kind of okay for me, you know? So I didn't, I knew that I didn't really want to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I studied business, you know, my pivotal point was really when I went to Italy, I studied abroad in Italy and so fell in love with the food and the culture and it was just mind blown by the way they do things. And, uh, when I got back, I just cooked Italian food in my apartment like as much as I possibly yeah. could from scratch and then I found the cooking job after I graduated and so at first it was like front of the house 
doesn't make sense to me. But then when I got in the kitchen, then I felt at home. Mm. And that, at that point, I was like, okay, well, now I can see myself in this business on the, but in the back of the house. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so you spent time in SoCal. You spent time in Italy. I didn't know about the Italy part. I was going to use SoCal as maybe where you pulled some inspiration for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But I feel like obviously you got so much more from Italy. The, one of my favorite points at Annex is that bar. The way that you guys have that set up with the bottles so on the cool. back and the different lights. Where, where did that idea come from? Well, that, I mean, I honestly can't take a whole lot of credit for the bar program other than um, the fact that it's Italian-inspired and that it, I was took a little bit of uh, part in designing it. But really, our uh, general manager and also our main, uh, well, Tom Madrano, he's our front-of-the-house manager, but he also develops the bar program. Okay. And we met at a very lucky moment because as I was, uh, I had I had no prospects to run the bar program when we were opening. I was buying these craft cocktail books and trying to figure out, I, I have no, I've never bartendered. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was trying to figure out recipes. I yeah, was trying to figure out how to, because I knew that, I knew that we needed uh, to do really great cocktails and have a strong bar program yeah. to complement the rest of what we do. And fortunately for us, Tom was just moving back to Fresno from San Jose where he had worked in some great places and learned a whole lot. And he just, I mean, it was uh, pretty smooth from there. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, we, he, we were on the same page about how we wanted to do things and he, I just kind of let him go nuts with the bar program and do pretty much whatever he wants. Um, me, my family, and some friends were there last week at the Annex or a couple weeks ago whenever I actually first met you um, yeah. in person instead of like email. <laughs> um, you're already scheduled to come on the show and, uh, you know, I'm eating dinner and then I see you and I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's him. Um, <laughs> I feel like you had a blind date, honestly. Yeah, and it's like, okay. <laughs> so then I'm like watching, I'm like, all right, let me see um, like what he does, what his role is. And I really don't know anything about restaurants, especially uh, – you know, like any about where there are such unique dishes like your guys's. So what I notice, you literally see everything that leaves that kitchen. And are you like just making sure that it's like up to par? Cause Pretty then much. it's so funny after that, my wife and I came home and we watched some show, but then after whatever show we we're watching automatically hell's kitchen, like season one, episode one started streaming and we started watching it. <laughs> and it just reminded me of like, what your role was, obviously, you're not like, what's his name? I mean, you don't know that. You could be. This guy looks like he's got a temper. <laughs> I'm a lot less Gordon Ramsay now than I used to be. <laughs> oh, so at one point, you feel <laughs> like you had that. You know, I think that, you know, Gordon Ramsay and that sort of culture is a subculture within a certain type of kitchen. Okay. And a lot of people sort of, quote unquote, grow up in that uh, type of regime, mm-hmm. and so you know Gordon Ramsay. He, well, he's a caricature of himself yeah, now, yeah. but his that attitude he was bred that way by somebody else. Yeah, by being in a certain kit, type of kitchen where it's really, really seriously abusive. But you do it because you want to eventually be the best cook in the world, and that's the only way to do it. You yeah. know, I my the kitchens that I worked in were not that rough um you know but they're definitely hardcore you know but there's kitchens out there like that oh yeah okay yeah definitely see i always thought that was just some like i thought it was exaggerated and necessary i mean it's exaggerated in some ways but in others it's not 
you know, because he, uh, he doesn't take himself seriously. You know, yeah. he's laughing on the inside when he's yelling at these people. <laughs> well, especially yelling. what came on was season one, but, episode one. So he's really trying to yeah. sell it. Like, and so it's ridiculous. But <laughs> you know, there are there are kitchens and chefs out there who will just make you feel like you are way less than human. Yeah, than you really are. Yeah. But what happens in your restaurant when someone comes out with something that's not? No, up to I just standards? tell them to do it again. Yeah, okay, just gently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's almost worse. Do it again. You know, <laughs> I have disappointed you. And Jimmy. it's really what I've come to learn is um, that type of that type of stuff is just not productive. You yeah, know? I mean, really, it's to an extent. You know, I mean, I want people to enjoy where they work, and they I want them to know I don't hate them. I'm not angry with them, but I just want them to take pride in what they do. Exactly. So, yeah, but yeah, I realized that he became like the number one chef in England by the time he was 27. So, I, oh, man. so there's a way that you become that way. <sighs> I'm 27. That really put me down <laughs> to earth. That really put me down to earth. I don't think we're talking about long ways to go before your 28th yeah. birthday. <laughs> I'm going to make a lot of, lot of difference in these next four months. Do you see a lot of, uh, you know, your guys' chefs and um, are they wanting to one day open up their own restaurant or any of them going to school still? Or how does that work? I mean, or they just have a passion for food because I'm sure that's some part of them. Of too. You know, I uh, they they start off having a passion, and then they come to work and they're like, "Oh shit, this oh sorry. no, um, you can totally cuss because <laughs> all the time they're like, you know, this this is pretty tough." Yeah. And then they sort of eventually the good ones get over that hump. Yeah, and they start getting really into it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they can really excel at that point. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, that's how you wean out the ones that really aren't gonna make it anyway. So I think that would be. Yeah, kind I mean, of they kind of wean themselves out. Yeah, in any industry, essentially, the ones that really yeah. start to feel like, oh, this is tough, and they're not okay with struggle. Then it's like you got to yeah. be okay with a certain extent of struggle. It ain't easy. Um, before I forget, because whenever something comes to my mind, I gotta say it. Otherwise, I'm gonna lose it. And Preston knows this happens all the time. The the door, that door is so cool. Oh, the it's massive. Of your restaurant. Yes. How does how does something like that come to fruition? Because I've never seen anything like that before. I don't know if you saw something similar to that, or you meant to split it. And you're like, oh shit, I forgot. Like, guess we got <laughs> to make one door now. <laughs> I don't know. We had a very uh, brilliant designer. Okay. Yeah, and it, he we. That was another f- very fortunate um, meeting, which was uh, he was recommended to me by Nancy Silverton, who is my old boss and kind of a living legend in the culinary world. And yeah. uh, he's an Italian guy from Rome who designs restaurants, who's an, also an architect, lives in L.A., and um, just kind of by the grace of God, decided to take on our project because he knew that I had worked with Nancy and liked our story, and uh, and he really, uh, I mean, the, the the whole look and feel of the restaurant, he, he knew what I was going for, but I had no idea of how to do it. Yeah. And he figured out how to do it. So That's magic right there. Yeah, it's very. I think some of, from the stories that I have heard, um, the best interior de- designers are the ones where you can give them the worst description ever. But somehow they're able to decipher it and just throw it into real life. And you sit there like, how did you get that? How did you understand yeah. what I was saying? <laughs> it, it was, I mean, with him, he had seen, uh, you know, people like me before and kind of just knew instinctively what to do. I didn't really, there wasn't a whole lot of guidance. You know, I was just like, 
then the kitchen's going to go here. The bar's going to go there. You know, I want to open dining room. Um, the, yeah. Make it look cool. <laughs> casual, casual fun. And, um, you know, our design is really simple. Yeah. But that's actually. kind of the thing right now, I feel like. That real simple, not trying to do too much, but also at the same time, it's borderline abstract and just unique. As an architect, you know, he was really just trying to show the beauty of the original building itself. Okay. And that's why we sort of sandblasted everything and gotcha. um, polished the concrete. And we really just, it's really a nice uh, sort of architectural unveiling of the original bones of the space. Um, I had heard from someone, I forget who, the original space that it used to be like a coffee bakery type thing or no yeah it was like it was a we called it the cafe or the coffee shop okay and it was um yeah it was that really since the beginning of its time and uh it was it's your everyday american diner you know okay um it was that owned by your dad yeah it was owned by my dad okay um he had it for about 20 years in its most recent uh form okay yeah so, yeah, bre- yeah, breakfast. It was breakfast, lunch, and dinner when they first opened, and then just breakfast and lunch, and and now just you know, lunch and dinner. And now, now just dinner. <laughs> now just dinner. Yeah, yeah, just say. dinner. Um, yeah. How often are you coming, trying to come up with new stuff for the menu? Is there like a certain time limit, or do you like get inspired by something? And oh, I wish we did a twist on that, or you go somewhere like the Bay Area, San Francisco, yeah. and you go to a restaurant that you like to go to, and it's like, okay, I want to do my version of this. Yeah, I mean, inspiration is just everywhere all the time. Or you just go on Pinterest and, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't get any ideas from Pinterest. <laughs> oh, we I can do this. The rumors yeah, aren't true. I don't get any ideas from... The internet is probably the the last place that I get inspiration for, for stuff. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's a smart thing. Um, you know, uh, but, yeah, it's just... I mean, it re- really, it's... Every day is inspiration. So there's just, I have a backlog. I've not, you know, it's like, it's not what am I going to do next? It's when am I going to do this gotcha. idea that's been stuck in my head for this yeah. long? You know, and it's just really, at that point, it just becomes when is, a, when is the right time or when do we have time to, to do it and execute it and get it all figured out? And it's just a matter of really Cause managing yeah, you're the time. Getting this recipe, making it, but then you have to teach it. To where it looks yeah, the same. I have to find the right products. I have to make sure the products are good, you know, and then we have to get in a workflow that works for the restaurant. Is it available? Yeah. Um, and then the staff, yeah, the staff needs to learn it. You know, at this point, they pick it up pretty quick. But Okay. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about your guys' menu, too, is it's not... <laughs> Like opening, have you ever been to freaking BJ's? And Not even like BJ's. Reading? The worst one's Cheesecake Factory. That's the, a novel. The Bible, and it's I feel like, like oh. you got you to gotta check that thing out. They got to provide a bookmark for you. Um, it's just yeah, Cheesecake Factory to me is the one that's just <laughs> insane. And so, what I mean, what I was going to ask is because sometimes when we have places on here that serve food, whether it's dessert or meals, there are certain things that they'll add later on, or things that are interchangeable in limited time. It's not as common in the restaurant world, I feel like. Do you ever do anything like that? Or is it what you see on the menu from opening day is what it's going to be? And it's just black and white. It's going to stay that way? or Because you were kind of talking about it right now. But do you have a set timetable in your head where you're like, okay, I think we've got to mix things up? No, I don't really have a timetable. Um, 
it, I see the our menu is just kind of this living thing. And, you know, if, if, a, if a new or better way comes to me of doing something, then I just do that, you know. And sometimes people might like it and sometimes they might not, yeah. you know. And so then I'll kind of readjust or try to figure out the best way of doing things, you know. And then I, I really think it's kind of counterintuitive to start with a set menu unless you have a certain type of restaurant um, and then just say, this is it. Because then it's like, man, like, have you not grown? Have you not improved? Yeah. All, no. Over all that time. You're going to you get know? bored. So I want a, I want a menu that, that continues to evolve and um, not necessarily becomes different, but maybe, uh, you know, shares different inspirations th- throughout time. Um, I believe it's on Thursdays. Do you, is that when you guys make those burgers? That it, Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, but I tell others this all the time. It is the best burger I've literally ever had in my life. <laughs> this, is, this is embarrassing. I've never had it. <laughs> Dude, and it's Well, it's one of those things you only make so many patties, right? Yeah, we only make 10, and we only – it really it was – the idea was just to do it for happy hour. But then every once in a while, we'll go beyond happy hour with it, so we'll just sell them all. And then, Somehow I stumbled upon this thing. Yeah. And it was – freaking amazing this works out perfect because this episode comes out on a thursday so if you're there oh, early there you enough, go so if you're driving down shaw right now and you're at that borderline do i want to go this way on blackstone or i want to go the other way go to the oh man i lost my directions <laughs> yeah. direct east west yeah there you continue go. on west you're gonna find annex <laughs> eventually stop and get yourself a burger that's perfect timing i like that oh dude it's seriously like it's indescribable. And it's like, I just don't talk while I'm eating it. And I just focus on it because I'm in love with it so much. Yeah. Um, you said <laughs> something about, and it was a tiny little sentence where like, oh, and if someone doesn't like it, they don't like it. It kind of got me curious. Do you ever read your own Yelp reviews or any sort of reviews? Yes. Okay. <laughs> do you have the one in your mind? <laughs> and I feel like you do because you were staring at it over here somewhere. <laughs> um, that's just like, <laughs> Wow, that was rude, but I don't care. <laughs> or like that's not true, or that negative one that lingers with you. And well, you just... it's funny because every once in a while I get there, I'm able to get them taken down because oh really? <laughs> Yelp has this thing where if it's like if the person isn't uh, talking about a direct restaurant experience, because these people, you know, they get very personal. With no, they do. Yeah. They get very personal and emotional. And so if it if they get too emotional and they're not actually talking about the restaurant experience. Then Yelp will say, "Oh, well, this isn't about the restaurant. This is about your own issues." <laughs> <laughs> that's so realistic. Though. And then they take it down. Which I didn't is know great. that. I love that. That's a thing because yeah. that happens a lot with a lot of negative reviews. It had to do specifically with that yeah. one interaction and how they perceived it as a human with preconceived yeah. notions. And I don't, you know, I just privately click the drag down box on Yelp and I say, "Okay, so here's I think this doesn't apply," and then I give my little one sentence reason and then i'm i'm like four for four on those <laughs> pretty <laughs> a little stat sheet at home yeah so i just yeah but i mean honestly yelp it's like one of those things where it definitely hasn't hurt us mm-hmm. you know i mean we have a lot of yelp reviews and i don't know if that's because we use their reservation system or i don't know what or just a lot of people come through but you know it's people find us there and it's i mean who doesn't use it you know, I don't that. review. I don't review other places, but I use it all the time. Yeah, I never you review know? places either. I'm too lazy. I just use it to <laughs> see what other people said completely, especially when yeah. I'm out of town. But I yeah. barely learned about the reservation system. 
And on there, I always used Open Table. Mm-hmm. And so that was revolutionary for me. I figured it out too late. It was last, I was making a last minute reservation on New Year's Eve, uh-huh. classic Ramon fashion. Um, but now I know ahead of time because Annex was the first one that came to mind. But with your guys' popularity, I had no chance of doing it the same day. Um, how does that system work, actually? I was curious because you guys, old school, you write down your reservations on a piece of paper. But if it's right. electronic and they're coming through like that, mm-hmm. how does that get set up on your end? Um, just as far as like, how, how do we know like what's, who's going to be, well, it's people make a reservation online. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, our, the, on our, uh, end it places them at a table. Okay. And we designate a certain amount of time slots for each, uh, or a certain amount of covers, meaning guests per time slot. And what tables are available? Is it a four or a six or a whatever? And then so the reservations come through, and then it populates onto our floor, our uh, floor plan. It just—it's. I just remember the first time I used it, any of those apps. It just seemed too easy and too good to be true. So I was so hesitant the first time yeah. I went in, and I was like, "I have a reservation." Like it was a question, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we got you down." I'm like, "Oh wow, it works." There's still a lot of. Uh, human involvement okay that's why yeah always always wondering stuff like that because we're we're having to move things around quite a bit and then we still take reservations over the phone and um so we're 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 making a lot of modifications daily to whatever the computer has done but it's still um a good way of doing things just because it's you know you're still getting you know 60 percent or something like that maybe more of the reservations coming through online yeah, so. it's a more efficient, I'd say. And also, you you know, you can't talk to anybody at the restaurant until two o'clock anyway. Oh yeah, so, so you can make a reservation. You know, sitting at home having your coffee. I was curious about. It's funny. Have you guys ever seen the show Portlandia? Yes, it's like the first episode. I got through the first episode, and I just it's quite kept, stupid. I haven't. Oh, yeah. I've only watched two episodes. <laughs> But it's so funny. <laughs> I thought of it because there's the part when they're like at a restaurant and they're asking about the history of the chicken. <laughs> the chicken, yeah. yeah. And then it goes into the whole chicken's life or something. Like yeah, that. they, go, they actually they, go to the farm to the and then they become a part of the farm. So funny. <laughs> well, obviously, you can see where I'm going with this question. Do you get people like that, which I'm sure you do, and how do you deal with it? Like that, want to know how what, educated are you guys on where your stuff comes from? Essentially, if someone were to dive in deep and try and do a yeah in person research project. Yeah, I mean, we do get people that ask where's where are things coming from, and yeah. um, you know, it's really in Fresno. It's not obviously that's we're not Fresno land. Yeah, we're not Portland. Yeah, yeah. it's no yeah. like L.A. So, or Portland. Yeah, yeah. they're, um, but we do have it, and we are pretty transparent. I mean, yeah. just because we typically, if you are trying to find the best quality product, it's usually something that's you know sustainable or eco-friendly or yeah usually so um yeah we're pretty we're pretty transparent with that stuff okay i didn't know if you had any crazy <laughs> stories for us <laughs> like that he's like no i personally the first chicken that we sold i raised who's <laughs> <laughs> your first pet huh? all of our chicken. <laughs> yeah um do you ever do you ever do any sort of secret shopping you know um we've talked about that since we've opened and then we've just never really got around to it but you don't That's, come in with the mustache and probably yeah. should, you know. <laughs> the fake glasses. Well, there's companies that actually do that, and you can get hired out to go yeah. to restaurants, eat, and review the service. I know. 
and it's like an actual business. And so I always yeah. wonder how companies do that. Never really done that. I mean, you know, it's, I just feel, you know, we're there a lot. Mm. So we have a pretty good sense of what's going on and who's happy and who's not happy. And then mm-hmm. we just investigate ourselves as to why or okay, why not. Like and usually we figure it out, I think, for the most part. <laughs> There's, there's every so but, often, yeah. You know, if I think for bigger companies, you know, um, that this definitely would be helpful to do yeah. a couple audits, you know, yeah, throughout the year. Um, uh oh, I'm having a mom moment. Yeah, <laughs> no, I remember. Okay. Um, when hold on, oh, I had it. It's the worst. With every um, business, oh, I remembered it again. You Sorry. got it. Okay, go yeah. ahead. We'll, we'll pause mine. <laughs> And we've talked about this on previous episodes with, um, I think it was with Ubi. Have you noticed um, a difference in your menu with like plant-based diets becoming more of a thing? Like, are you having to provide more options for the vegetarian or vegan? Or is that something you think of a lot? Or it's like we have like the one or two options? I do think about it a little bit. um, But typically, we're able to make them happy with a pasta. Yeah. So... Because yeah. then, I mean, with all these different, because now there's, so there's keto, there's Whole30, and there's all these different, very specific yeah. diets well, that people are diving into. Yeah, there's so many different diets, and actually that's worked to our advantage a little bit. We do have like a gluten-free menu that's available. Gotcha. Um, we do use a lot of local vegetables, so we always have some kind of seasonal vegetable dish on the menu. Okay. And then also, as far as like the keto and, you know, all these other like, oh, is this caveman b- diets butter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all of our entrees, you kind of can choose your side. So mm-hmm. you can do totally like carb free if you want okay. or this or that. So, you know, we kind of have that effect on the menu where it's like, okay, you have your starters, your pastas, your pizzas. But then when you get to the entree portion of the menu, there's like, a lot of different combinations that you yeah. can kind of make. So I'm also curious talking about dieting. If I owned a restaurant, I feel like I'd be three, 400 pounds. Cause Especially I love when it's, sorry. I'm not even talking to the mic. Yeah. Especially when it's yeah. so pasta, uh, you know, yeah. carb loaded base. Like how do you find yourself? Well, actually what's your, do you have a favorite menu item just to get that out there? But then two, after that, if you're there as often as you are and that food's accessible, how do you find yourself not becoming <laughs> 300 pounds with that many carbs? Yeah. Well, my my body is not prone to becoming three hundred pounds. Luckily for me, I've been pretty got that good DNA. Skinny my whole life. There you to, go. Not necessarily always to my advantage, and you know, sports or whatever maybe. But <laughs> so, um, you know, I try to. I, I've kind of went through phases. I mean, I mean, I think all chefs are. You know, we fluctuate in our weight and our health, and <laughs> depending <laughs> on what phase of career or opening a restaurant we're in. Yeah. Um, before and just after opening a restaurant, I probably was not in fantastic health. Um, And then, you know, I think now, you know, what I try to do is when I make, you know, I try to eat healthy when I'm not at the restaurant Yeah. because then when I go there, I know that, oh man, I might be testing a recipe and Mm, eating a ton of a pizza or a pasta until, because I have to taste all the food to make sure it's right. So, um, Yeah. Okay. Try to balance it outside of work, and so you don't do anything like a keto diet or anything like that currently. Oh, man, no, he doesn't no. need to. He's blessed with fast metabolism. I don't. <laughs> no, I mean, I I don't really diet. I don't. Yeah, never really been a dieter. I've thought okay. about it before, but that's as far as it goes. 
Yeah. It's, Mental diets are pretty popular, though. Yeah. I think that diets give people structure, you know, which is fine. But For some people, yeah, they live by them, and it's yeah. like how they control themselves. I'm just like, and, okay, well, I know that if I eat this pizza, that'll be a... a not as healthy choice than if I eat this salad today or whatever. Maybe. You compensate like, for the other, yeah. So, yeah, so it's like, okay, well, I ate this yesterday, so maybe I'll eat this today simple and math, balance right? it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you were opening up the restaurant, was there ever a point where you were just like, uh, do I really want to do this? Like where it just became really high stress and you kind of were doubting your decision to get into it? Um, no, not really. I mean, at the point, I mean, I had already been in the industry for quite a long time before we open the restaurant so it was kind of all in at that point because that was the that's kind of the culmination of everything mm. so it was a very exciting time oh good okay because most people when they're opening businesses they talk about that stressful point where they're just like oh what i get myself into but it seems like you kind of prepped yourself mentally but then also kind of experience wise to really know what goes into it so it looks like you get a positive perspective more than anything. Definitely. Yeah, it was it was a, it was an exciting time. It was a very nerve-wracking time because you're opening a new restaurant with a lot of different it was a totally different style and yeah. uh for Fresno. Um so I was like, oh god, what are people going to think of this? Yeah. I, I think it tastes good. I think it's going to be fun, but I have no idea what yeah. people's response is going to be. So there was there was those sort of like questions and nerves. Okay. But um, as long as, you know, people were coming through the door and they they kept coming. So as long as that was happening, then I was I was They must happy. be liking something. Yeah. yeah, I was happy. Do you rely heavily on word of mouth marketing or is there any sort of sponsorship opportunities that you guys do to get the word out there? Because the other day, I don't know who we were talking to. I might have been with you. I might have not been. There's still people that don't know you guys even exist, which just blows my mind sometimes. So I was just curious yeah. the approach to marketing, um, or if there's any sort of expansion on your mind. Uh, the marketing side, we don't really do any marketing other than our social media account. Yeah, I mean, and it, you know, we don't do any sponsored posts or anything like that. We just post what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's all, uh, you know, other than that, it's just word of mouth. Okay. Yeah. And we've been okay with that. How often do you see uh, the classic, somebody getting that vertical angle on their meal because they're so happy with how it turned out? Yeah, because then they post oh. that picture and then tag yeah, you guys. Yeah, that's great. I always find, whenever I'm out, I always find that funny because that's the first thing people got to do. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll allow themselves to eat. And Definitely. so as, a, as an owner, I feel like it'd be funny. You have a front row seat to that every single day of the week. Yeah, and you get to just watch people not talk to each other and to take pictures. I do peer out in the, into the dining room sometimes. I try to keep my head down in the kitchen a lot, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I look out. I want to make sure everybody's happy and having a good time. And then you'll see people posting stuff, and you know, you, and then you try to not be obvious about it. But you're when you when like come up with a new special and you look at their first bite, kind of glance over. Oh, you want to see, see that, that reaction? Yeah, see that first reaction and. It says everything. You guys have a pasta that has a little bit of a spice kick to it. I don't remember what the name of it is, but I have I get it every single time just because people I feel like stray away from making that part of the recipe. Like you, if you want a pasta to be spicy, you got to add your spice to it when you yeah. get it out there. And so I remember when I first took my first bite of it, and I was like, "Oh, this already has the spice in it. I don't have to add it." Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you feel like you were? Um, 
you know, breaking away from the typical pasta approach or that's something that exists and I'm just not cultured or because I know there's just <laughs> there's a lot of people that just if even if they look yeah. at pepper, their eyes start watering. Yeah. And so I feel like that would be an issue you run into with people that don't read in depth of what's in there. That happens. Okay. Sometimes you you send out a dish and it says spicy tomato sauce <laughs> on the menu. Oh, and, and then it an comes back to the kitchen and they say, Oh, it's spicy. It's or too, too spicy. spicy. <laughs> like, well, oh man. You know, I mean but I think that uh, you know, you the sort of corporate chain restaurant thing has always been let them add their own salt so they don't get pissed off that it's too salty let them add their own spice (laughs) it's a very everything is very safe and we're kind of the opposite of safe you know we're just like here's what we're doing we have safer items you know that are a little more but a lot of what we do is just this is the dish you know and you can you can request no spice that's no problem i'll make it without spice Mm -hmm. you know um but I have found that it's at its best with the spice. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. Please feel free to enjoy it that way if you, <laughs> like, if you would like. Something cool I saw on the Instagram, I don't know if it was your guys's or... Because I know your wife's quite the influencer. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> she she has a blog, right? Yes. And yes. Um, like it features your kids on there, and uh-huh. I already see them like already practicing like cooking. And yeah. Are you like, trying to make them little prodigies? Raising no, I mean we're not trying to. Just um, it just comes with like they were coming and messing with the soundboard. Yeah, yeah. you know it's the same thing. They gotcha. just get in your way. They see you doing something, and a then lot. You, you're like, oh well, if they're gonna get in my way, they may as well learn something <laughs> while they're getting in my way. No, but I like that it's different. Yeah. It's that's kind of how it is with me. But yeah. with her, she, I mean, I, sometimes I'll take one of them and I'll let's make something. Like my, I make a lot of uh, you know bread at home and focaccia mm. and pizza dough. I'm always testing a new dough recipe, and my son just is obsessed with pizza dough. It's like Play-Doh. Me too. I mean, it's like Play-Doh, <laughs> so he's playing with it. It's sticky. He loves it. Yeah. Uh, my wife, she, you know, they're always making some kind of cookie or this or that, and yeah. she gets them involved every single time because they really enjoy it. So it's really more just about the fact that it's just something we do with them that they really enjoy. You know, if they didn't like it, I don't think we would involve them, you know, but they just yeah. love it. Um, so as long as, you know, you can have those things where you're having fun with them. Yeah. I just, I remember seeing that and then, you know how you go in those, when you're on Instagram and like you go on one profile, then you go to another. You end up, yeah, it's like on YouTube. And I ended up, I think at your wife's and, or yeah. somebody, she took over someone's Instagram or something. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, this Pardini family, they're going to take over Fresno. <laughs> you said gonna, like they haven't already. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's already a thing. It's a slow moving coup. Yeah, for go. those of you who don't know, they actually are in charge of a lot of catering in places that you're not aware of. So if you think the food's good, it's more than likely that they, they had their hand in it. Not literally. I don't want any health concerns out there. Yeah. Um, they use proper utensils. <laughs> we wear gloves, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you guys, I mean, in this, you guys are talking about obviously fatherhood moments. I'm not lucky enough to be there yet, but the, this video always comes to mind when um, dads kind of talk about these moments with their kids. And there's this one online where a dad is frosting a cake and his little girl's next to him and he's just frosting a birthday cake. And she goes, Dad, what are you doing? He's just frosting a cake. Dad, what are you doing? 
frosting a cake. <laughs> Dad, what are you doing? Fr- like 20 times. Yeah, yeah. The man did not break his composure at all. And it was like, if you would have just watched it halfway through the video, you would have thought that was the first time that she asked. Total and so to me, that's like the mental preview of fatherhood, where you're yeah. just like, yeah, I'm just frosting a cake, frosting a cake. You and you don't lose it at all. The why moments. Why? That guy's, yeah. <laughs> that guy's enlightened. Yeah, yeah it's, he's, that's fatherhood enlightenment right there. I, that's what I got yeah. out of that, and I was like, I need never-ending patience. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Gosh. Um, well, as we like wrap things up, uh, did you have anything that you want to tell people, or anything that, or I know that you had mentioned Ramon. I don't know. You had asked him earlier. I don't know if we answered it. You plan on any second location or in the future? Um, or are you trying to make it? Like, yeah, I think. Uh, well, I mean, not right now, but yeah, I think. Uh, I'm thinking about what to do next. Yeah. I'm at the point now where I can actually think about doing something else. Would so, you want to do like a second location or a different type of food or make the same exact thing in a different city? No, I think that probably a different style of restaurant gotcha. next if we were to do... I mean, I like what we do. Um, it's fun, but I, I also want to explore different yeah. styles of... Um, of of a setup not necessarily different culture or cuisine but, but it's maybe like a vibe you want to give yeah up. maybe a different style maybe something casual more cat who knows if you ever want to make a jazz club call me <laughs> are you a big are you, jazz you guy. Want a jazz? i've always wanted some place yeah. <laughs> like a higher end place that like has good jazz music in a place where you sort of have to dress nice and it's like an, an event to go to this place. you know a lot of people have been saying that there's no there's more no- piano bars in fresno and I, I think, like I mean, that's not necessarily one. a jazz club, but there's something to be said, you know, for me, there's this movement of, you know, Annex is quote unquote a trendy restaurant now, or yeah. at least that's what people are saying, which is okay. <laughs> okay. We're trending. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> Annex. Yeah. You know, but, um, there's, there's these movements, you know, in, in New York and LA and San Francisco of restaurants that are are super casual with high-end food, which I think is a great movement. But, man, the longer I'm actually in the business, the more I appreciate the hospitality aspect of the business um, as opposed to just the what's the food that's in front of me. I like yeah. the people experience. And it also makes me appreciate the old-school hospitality and um, old-school uh, environments, yeah. like something like um, a jazz club or, you know... Uh, my wife and I, we like to go to Richard's uh, Prime Rib. Yeah. Know, and it's just got that old dark feel to it. I know. And, that's, you know, well, people don't so, dress up really, really nice anymore to go to dinner. And I'm guilty of it as well. Yeah, there's a thing. It's like, too. what's the minimum yeah. I have to wear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Justify this visit to this yeah. restaurant. And that has its sort of, pro, sort of pros and its cons. It's you great know? that it's, it's like, approachable. Yeah. So it's like if you want to open a restaurant where people go once or twice a week, you want to be able to feel comfortable. Yeah. If you want to, to go once or twice a year, then yeah, you need to have a little more, a little more class, you know. Yeah. So, Dress code but then standard. it's like, oh well, how much volume do I actually want to do? Yeah, you know, so. which often people aren't considering at all. But basically, what I got out of this is he's opening up another restaurant. Let's start a rumor. Um, it's going to be a piano yeah. bar. It's going to be yes. fancy. Yeah. Uh, not the same name. It'll just be the name backwards. So I think what Zena is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> um, so you heard it here first, and I think that you know I think we covered it all. It's done deal. <laughs> Confirm it's that's a rumor. Deal. Okay, please don't yeah. take and run with that. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. I've been requested by a lot of people, and I hope that they get a lot of your story. I know we did. I found out a lot I didn't know. <laughs> I hope they spread the good word, too, and pay a visit. 
Yeah, well, I mean, um, for all of those out there who haven't, come come see us. Now everyone's going to watch you as you're analyzing every food. Yeah, hopefully I... <laughs> Just know if it made it to your compo- table, yeah. it's Jimmy approved. <laughs> it's Jimmy approved. And try to go Definitely. on a Thursday with that burger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, don't forget, subscribe, leave reviews. You can check out our website, ilymanpodcast.com. If you want to find a new merch on there, go for it. Um, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Just be nice to people. We'll catch you next week.